This special edition of Futurismic continues, a three-part companion podcast to my new ebook, An Introduction to SaaS in a 5G World. I'm Michael Hainsworth. Software as a service at the CSP level provides telecom companies with on-demand access to applications needed to run the network and the business. Cloud-based software is purchased from a SaaS vendor either monthly or annually. SaaS under 5G is also outcomes-oriented by measuring value in terms of benefits provided to the CSP and its customers. It's cloud-native by delivering reliable and scalable service with a lower total cost of ownership. And it's fully automated by provisioning and managing new SLAs and customer requests through automation software, eliminating tedious manual procedures and the mistakes that often come from them. The conversation between Carl Whitelock, a VP at IDC, leading the operations and monetization global practice, and Mark Bunn, leading the SaaS business for Nokia Cloud and Network Services, continues by discussing the inflection point that the telecom industry is in right now, and how 5G and the adoption of capabilities around AI and machine learning is about time to value, a critical component in total cost of ownership. Software as a service fits the bill, as the key to 5G is higher speed, enhanced mobile broadband, reduced latency, and machine-type communication. It all requires SaaS-based automation. IDC's Carl Whitelock agrees. One of the things I want to uh, kind of reflect on and kind of paint a little picture here and then get your opinions with deals with the whole concept of 5G. You know, we've, we've heard these comments that, you know, we, if 5G is not another G, uh, 5G is changing the way people do business. But, but really, what, what's so different about 5G? And, and I think it's part of it is, is the distributed architecture yeah. that 5G brings to light. Yeah. Okay, and then with that architecture, uh, that, ch- that creates a, a, a different way to look at doing business. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got a lot of expectations now from not only consumers with wanting faster speeds and you know the normal stuff from you would expect, but also from now enterprises who are looking at wanting to incorporate, uh, can I say connectivity as part of a solution yes, to yeah. an end-to-end business need this way, this way, whatever way right. it may be. So the force here is just that we're moving to a real-time environment for all parts of the operations environment. We're moving to some level of dynamic capability those are two very big factors yeah. that the existing systems and processes were never designed to handle. Would That's you agree right. with that? Yeah, I, I would. Right. And you, you picked up on a, a couple of points. The distributed nature yeah. of the connectivity, uh, especially when you consider you know the the what 5G is trying to, to achieve. Um, fortunately, when it comes to the software delivery. Uh, the cloud vendors, the hyperscalers, they've been helping out quite a bit here. Each of them has really started to establish what their, uh, what they call the edge strategies are, but it's really about how they get compute power closer to the point of consumption, which is right. absolutely what we need. And then you also picked up on the solution aspect. I think we should explore that a little bit more, but um, when I was referring earlier to areas where I think CSPs could adopt SaaS and start to expand into their adoption of SaaS and benefit from that, you know, I was really thinking about you know, point solutions, you know, analytic solutions, security solutions, order to cash, maybe that's a bigger solution set, but it's still point solutions. I think you're onto something when, if you're suggesting that 
Look, in order to provide real value here, we need to be able to bring together these point solutions and create some synergy uh, in, in, in bringing together those capabilities. Yeah. Well, I, th I think as an industry, we've always operated in sort of a point solution mode, right? Yeah. Uh, it's always been about um, uh, configuring, provisioning, and activating the service then we start to monitor the yeah, service. We yeah. kind of forget about it. Oh yeah, we tell billing somewhere in there. Yeah. Sometimes we don't tell billing. Different, and, different and, people, different yeah, groups. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and there it is. You know, the, the service was up, it was operational, we left it alone. Right. And we monitored it to make sure the components stayed operational and fit into a certain level of acceptability. That's right. But I think what's happening in, in 5G, that there's, there's a lot of change that's happened. It's, first of all, a lot more software now less boxes that are performing special functions. So that's a big piece. But also now that everything is in this software state, um, you have to be worried about, you know, performance. Yes. You have to worry about end-to-end, end-to-end. -end. It's not just yeah. what's going on in the network. It's yeah. the end-to-end -end service now, right? That's so right. That's, yeah. that, that's the orchestration side yeah. of things is, is a big piece. And then you kind of just keep breaking it down. It's the assurance aspect. Well, I've got to assure but I have to make sure that once something starts to go wrong, I can then create something new again to keep things in compliance. So I, you know, it's these cycles. It's not just, it, this is where automation has, has yeah. a big role, right? That's right. You yeah. can't do this as humans. Yeah, and, and somewhat ironic is um, going back to the comments earlier about NFV and our transition through cloud native, that whole movement was really about rightfully so, was about not only disaggregating applications from the hardware, it was about breaking up monoliths, right? Yeah. So the, the software would come to you in a package you referred to OSS. It would be an OSS package, or, or maybe it's even a, a service fulfillment and assurance package kind of, you know, cobbled together. Um, but they were still monolithic, made it very hard to manage the application. Yeah. Certainly couldn't automate the, the application lifecycle. The irony, though, is where we need to take software and this, these capabilities is we need to bring the capabilities together. So you almost need cap um, monolithic capabilities that can be managed at a very granular level to be able to provide the, the real-time kind, real kind of operations and management that we need. Um, but certainly, in order to provide value, to true value in the world of 5G and in, in, in where it's headed, we have to have all of that capability working together and automated. And so these packages that have been historically separated, OSS, BSS, you know, they have to at least behave in, in a seamless way. Well, I, I think it's interesting how you bring that together because I, I'm, I fully agree with that. You know, it's, it's, it's an end-to-end. -end. It's in a it's in this dynamic cycle. Yeah. You know, I have to be, I have to monitor the service because I've got SLA parameters. If I'm going to sell services that are differentiated based on some level of capability from the network, I need to be constantly monitoring, right? right. Yeah. So there's that aspect. And when things don't work right, and sometimes that happens, yeah. right? Uh, even in the best of networks, uh, then you've got to be able to uh, establish a new pathway or create a new service definition tear down the old one and do this all in a continuous cycle. Again, uh, the monolithic systems that you were talking about and the fact that humans were involved in many of these process loops, just it, it, you, you can't do it. 
and, and then advance forward. And, and uh, you know, I'll I'll shut up here in a minute because I want to get you caught. <laughs> but but the, but there's a lot more to come yeah, in yeah. the 5G world yeah. because we've we we're, we're changing the way we do business, but the technology lets us change. Yeah, it does. Uh, you, you touched on something there. I think is really important: reliability. Yeah, you know, and and there's been uh, every once in a while you see this report about a cloud going down and services going offline, and that's for a CSP for a communication service provider that would be um, a non-negotiable item, right? I, that, that this reminds me, I got yeah. to interrupt here because I was doing a presentation just a few weeks ago, <laughs> and my my uh, productivity software wanted to do a massive update on my machine in <laughs> yeah. the middle of the presentation. That is not reliability yeah. from a telco yeah. perspective. Yeah, right? yeah, I've been there, been there. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things to say there. You know, obviously there's some work to be done. You would hope that your hyperscale platforms don't go down, but but they're, you know, today they, they usually advertise about three nines the way we think yeah. about it. There are solution architectures, though, there are that you can put in place, ways to use the technology that even the hyperscalers provide to uh, put in place high availability and, and geo-redundant systems so that if you do fail in one area or fail in one region, you can fail over. And that's um, going to be, I think, a norm for us in our industry. It's going to be something that we're going to have to do. And then you mentioned the tools and, 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 and the tools themselves, the ones that today manage our cloud native environments, they've become very sophisticated. Carl. Yep. yep. Uh, you, they, you can say, you know, for an existing microservice, how many replicas you want running at one time. And if one fails, the system knows to bring that, you know, another one up online. And so there's a lot of technology that's available today that makes the ability to offer, you know, uh, sophisticated, um, 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 absolutely essential services on on the cloud, and do it with a, a high degree of reliability. Yeah, yeah, know? absolutely. Now, I, I'm going to be the first to admit I, I am not a, a technical geek when it comes to yeah. like coding and stuff, especially in today's vernacular. Yeah. I won't tell you the computer language that I was most uh, familiar with. I mean, that would really Cobol, me. Fortran, <laughs> <laughs> something around the Fortran taste days. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But um, the, the interesting thing here is, is that when I have what's happening today, um, this reliability thing just never seems to want to go away. In Man. fact, it becomes more and more important. Right. right. Yeah, it does. It does. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not here to suggest we've solved the problem. We've, we've cracked the nut. I'm just here to say that um, as we get more sophisticated in the, our um, offerings for software as a service, and as the, the demand increases, and as we move into you know more into driving the use cases the types of the use cases that 5g had predicted we would drive we have to solve it right yeah. and so and there are ways today with today's technology to address and to provide high levels of reliability yeah. it shouldn't be something that prevents us from moving forward yeah. in this paradigm that, that that we find ourselves in well i, I think the big thing here is look we know we've got to make changes we've got to do it fast we can we cannot uh, take two or three years to develop a, an architecture and then all the applications and how they interact with the network, now cloudified network functions. That, that, that is not a strategy that's workable in right. today's business environment. Um, 
you know, I, I think of, again, back in the coding uh, world, you know, if you think about, um, there's, there's, there's probably, you know, this much effort that goes into the functionality definition part. And there's usually that much, you know, a bigger chunk that goes into the database management, yeah. the infrastructure architecture, and all of the things that need to support that in a secure and reliable, uh, extendable right. sort of uh, manner. So, you know, this sets up the reason for SaaS yes. really, really well, yeah. because now you're letting experts who do this all the time, just that that infrastructure part, let them deal with those and then let the developers that need to do the functionality focus on just functionality. Yeah. Now, that's my simplistic no, reasoning it's, it's, for it's why this works. awesome and it, it's very, very observant. Um, you're right. I mean, the, the value of, of cloud in general and SaaS uh, specifically is that you're offloading, as a consumer of the service, you're offloading a lot of that heavy lifting to to the, the, the provider of the service. Um, really, all you have the responsibility for is a certain level of security that's setting up your access control. But even things like you know, network uh, threat prevention, uh, the application itself or the service itself, it's, you know, it's uh, ability to, or it's security levels, um, operational security, both physical and, and uh, uh, the, the, the operations of the services themselves, that all is offloaded, right? So it makes it, you know, it, it takes that onus off of the one that is uh, um, consuming the service. Now, you went a step further and talked about the developers, right? And I do see a couple of different scenarios when it comes to software as a service. One is a company that just wants to consume the services as a means to an end. I, you know, I, uh, I'm an MVNO. I'm starting, starting up an MVNO. Right. I don't have time to go purchase software, hardware, Let alone you know, develop deploy it. it. Yeah. You know, I just want to consume it and I want right. to consume it holistically. And I, you know, I think that that's going to um, maybe be an initial driver in our industry for software as a service. But an alternative would be a scenario where uh, a company, a CSP, has, you know, they do have an IT department and they do see themselves as uh, being able to provide more value to their customers by building something, consuming piece parts of software that's offered by different vendors and presumably, or at least hopefully, offered as software as a service. So then they're focused on just the development part, as you referred to it, yeah. and not all the setup that has to be required to get to the point where they can start building these value chains uh, in, for their industry. I think that's that's spot on. And, and in fact, speaking on the value chain, um, I'm familiar with a couple of, of examples where, again, I think you know this is setting up the need for SaaS. And uh, it's 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 mostly from the aspect of that dynamic and real time environment. So bear with me, audience, for just a minute. I want to set this up for you here. But I'm familiar with one of the large five um, G wireless operators today, who's been working with one of the hyperscalers. So the hyperscaler brings to the to the uh, telecom edge, if we want to call it something. Um, you know, things like uh, compute capacity and data storage yeah. and a level of AI that can be applied to a lot of different things. Yeah. Okay. And then the telco brings the connectivity of that 5G network also right to that edge. This is what we call multi-access edge computing or MEC right. for short. In this environment, then you've got a third-party developer who's out trying to address business challenges with a lot of different industries. So perhaps in the... Um, 
in the healthcare uh, industry, a diagnostic situation. And not that remote surgery stuff, you know, mm-hmm. it will get there someday, but, <laughs> but you know, you yeah. know, it's the, it's the diagnostics, being able to transport large amounts of data back and forth across that network and then using hyperscalers analytics to really um, determine a probability of, should it be this result, should it be that result? If we look at it another way in sports, we're starting to see a lot more of real-time statistics yeah. becoming available. Again, it's the same thing. A lot of data is going across that network That's right. and we're doing a lot of analysis right at the edge. That's right. Okay, yeah. and we could just go on and on. But the point here is you've got to put your applications that control this stuff right at the edge too. So that might be a billing function. It might be a provisioning function and certainly an insurance function. Yes, right. Okay, so you can't do this with purpose-built stuff the way we've been doing it. No. This is setting up again for why a SaaS application might be a good Yeah, ba- back to time to value. And I think you're <clears throat> touching on something really important. Great example of uh, an ecosystem, right? Yeah. For a very specific uh, use case. And, and in that ecosystem, you may have a vendor, an additional vendor on top of the CSP and the, the, uh, the uh, cloud provider um, could be a whole host of vendors that are providing capabilities here. And ideally they're providing software that can be just consumed and be then could be consumed through like an open API layer. Then you could construct, you know, essentially an end to end solution that would be valuable for your, your medical, you know, scenario. Yeah. That that enterprise developer is delivering something that either works or doesn't work to that end customer that, that, like you say, the, the doctor's office, the hospital, yeah. whatever. Okay. Yeah, and I think what's key there is one that, you know, it is software that's available on demand. Right. Right, not something that <clears throat> takes long lead times to set up. That it has an open API layer. Essentially, it can, you know, it's a well understood way to consume that service. And it has to have some level of extensibility, you know, some way of, <laughs> of expanding on the capability so, so you're not just integrating piece, pieces, but you're also adding value as a developer in your scenario, adding value to that, you know, complex uh, um, um, capability that, that has just been developed. And so that is something that historically in, in, uh, in um, software as a service, not software services just hasn't been strong in the area of extensibility, right? But that is an area where I've been focused quite a bit on how do we continue to expand on the value that software as a service can bring so that you're not back in the, the world of customization. We don't want to go there, but certainly in, you know, the, the area, the realm of configuration and, uh, and uh, um, some, at least some, some, um, extensibility that makes sense for your for your particular application yeah. tailoring if you will yeah yeah you know we, we we always hear the thing about 5g is saying we need to do business different everybody mm-hmm. understands that but it, everybody has their own idea of what that means and um, I think the other aspect here is was when we say doing business different the uh, communications provider CSP uh, instead of being the complete own only yeah deliverer of something of value. Now it's a piece of a larger puzzle, right? That's right. Still to come in segment three of our special three-part series, what are the hurdles to SaaS implementation and how does a CSP get started? You're listening to a special edition of Futurismic.